what was that like coming like post show life? So because yeah, yeah, well, post show life. So the last uh, part of the show, I was in Spain, and uh, we broke up in Spain. And uh, interesting thing that not many people know. Each one of us has a head producer by the end of the show. Like the top four guys all have their individual producer that you're okay. with pretty much 24-7. Like you go to bed in your separate rooms. But uh, I got broken up with and went back to my hotel. And the hotel was in Rioja, Spain, which is a very quiet little town. And it was during a holiday, so there was nobody out. Most of the restaurants were closed. And I'm like, I'm going stir crazy. I'm laying on the floor crying with my producer every night while she plays sad songs for me because I don't have anything to play them on. <laughs> like shoot me this is the worst (laughs) and so I asked can we just go to Madrid and she's like I'll see what we can do and sure as shit they granted me the ability because we're going to fly to Madrid in four or five days whatever it is anyways uh, because we all have to leave at the same time to me leave at the same time didn't mean like oh that's when they're done with their like honeymoon phase right so she picked the other guy she picked Brian Okay. And, you know, I'm freshly broken up with, heartbroken, not thinking like, oh, she's now happy and off with someone else. Yeah. Well, we get to Madrid and I'm still in the back of my mind, like, maybe she'll pick me and come back. Or maybe, like, we'll get to the final premiere, or whatever it's called, like, when the last show airs. Okay. And she'll, like, uh, we'll be together or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm still thinking this. We're walking down the street, me and my producer, in Madrid, huge city, millions of people, and around the corner walks her producer, Rachel's producer, and Brian's producer, together. And I'm like, do the math, because those two are together, without their people, (laughs) those people are together. So instantly, I just like, and they looked at me, and they just saw my whole face sink, and I just saw them both go, oh no, Peter, I'm so sorry. Like, they weren't supposed to have been seen by me. They weren't supposed to see me. And uh, even my wow. producer was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so we, we all just had this moment like, hi, guys. And like, hi, Peter. Are you okay? I'm like, nah, but I'll be all right. And like the four of us just did this like big group hug. And it was a very beautiful moment. Like mm-hmm. they were such nice people that felt so bad for me yeah. in that moment. But also like I felt really good to have that love and mm-hmm. to know that I was seen in that yeah. moment. Because yeah. not many times in life do I think that happens Mm -hmm. I've been through breakups so many times and no one's ever really hugged me after those breakups I'm always on my own after that yeah so it really helped to have someone be like it's gonna be okay yeah like maybe that's as a man maybe that's just coming from the family that I'm in maybe it's not having like really close girlfriends uh, like female friends yeah but I've never had that support after a breakup like that so it was really nice to have that and it helped me to get through it yeah um but yeah, now I'm back at the hotel and I get to call my mom for the first time on the producer's cell phone. And she says, Peter, I want to let you know there's some rumors going around town that while you were here on your home count- or town date, you left and hooked up with your ex here in Madison. <laughs> and like, no. Are you like, Shit. the drama begins and I haven't even left the country. Wow. Um, I don't know if that was the exact story of it, but it was along those lines. And already I'm like, fuck. Like, what the hell? Now, when I'm here on my hometown date, 
you're with your producer the whole time. Yeah. You go to a hotel and get locked in a room. Yeah. They sleep right there. Like, there's no way to leave. Yeah. You have no phone to talk to anybody. Like, hey, yeah. let's meet up right now. Like yeah. Like... So it, it just it made me so <laughs> oh, enraged. Me off. Oh, I was yeah. so angry. Oh. And like, it, what a horrible start to the next phase of my life after that, right? Um, but anyways, I get home and. Life kind of goes back to normal, if you will, for a couple of days, mm -hmm. I guess. I go to my parents' house. I move out of my old apartment, knowing that I was going to be moving into another one at some point. I stay with them. Um, the show is starting to air now. Uh, we had a get-together in my parents' basement for the first airing. It's all my closest friends, my whole family. We watch it. Uh, everybody cheers when I get out of the limo. <laughs> There's conversation uh, in between like commercials or during commercials. But, uh, yeah, I don't really remember much of yeah. that. And then the end, night, uh, end of the night comes, and I just wanted to be by myself. I just wanted to go. I was still living in my apartment at the time. I just wanted to be by myself. Um, I had Daisy now at this point because little known fact, I got Daisy Wall on the show. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I thought because one of my good friends, shout out Megan, that used to work at camps. Oh, yeah. No, like yeah. had met Daisy back in the camps days. Mm -hmm. So I got Daisy Wall on my hometown date. Um Prior to going on your hometown date, they ask you what you want to do for your hometown date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to just take her to the farmer's market. Okay. Take her to a local, <laughs> uh, like, cool vantage point for a, a drink and yeah. a good view. Uh, meet my family and meet my friends. And oh my gosh, dude. the producer's like, well, Peter, didn't you say you wanted to get a dog when you got back home? I was like, well, yeah, I'm probably going to get a Doberman Pinscher when I get back. <laughs> like, well, why don't we get you that to surprise her with it? I'm like, you're going to get me like a $15,000 dog, well-trained already, just good to go? Done. Do it. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so the day of the um, farmer's market comes along, and they're like, yeah, we couldn't get the dog. I'm like, no shit. No <laughs> like, shit. I can't get this dog, and I've been trying. Because uh, they're like, they're really hard to come by. You have to buy that dog, like prep for it. Daisy, lay down. She said, you got I me. Lay down. <laughs> Lay down. Thank you. So we go to the farmer's market, and this gal comes up. Mind you, by the end of the farmer's market, there's a crowd of 200 oh, sure. young girls following us everywhere we go. <laughs> and they're... Do you guys have, like, security or just you guys and no, your producers? And once again, my shakes came out. So yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to get Rachel gifts. And I've known her now for seven weeks I'm yeah. trying to get her things from the farmer's market my hands are like shaking while I'm exchanging money and like, stuff I'm like here have a honey stick because I'm like waving <laughs> it in her face <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> hope this isn't on camera so I <laughs> I get to a point where like we're at the end of the farmer's market and this girl comes up holding this adorable little like pointy-eared puppy oh my and god. she just goes can I get a picture with you like, yes your dog is adorable she's like oh she's up for adoption I look at the producers and I'm like, did you set this up? That dog. <laughs> it's like, you set this up. Totally. No like, We're way. supposed to get this dog right now. So Rachel starts to head down the street and I hold behind. And she's now engulfed by the crowd of girls asking for pictures and all that stuff. And uh, I just go to the producer like, can you get that dog? Like, get that dog. Or it's meant to be. Yeah. And so like, yeah, well, we'll see what we can do. Oh, my God. Fast forward throughout <laughs> the rest of the night. We do all the hometown date stuff, which... Again, more to that story, which is you don't really talk to your date that much. Okay. It's like you're, you're given almost like tasks Prompts? to do okay. yeah, oh, throughout the event. Like go stomp grapes in Spain. So cool, but like not really having a conversation. Go 
visit each other's family, but get pulled apart to talk to the families, not to each other. So each step of the way, you're progressing in this relationship, but in a lot of ways that aren't really helping me to decide if this is the well, and for me. From a third party view, it seemed very not natural. Okay, fair. Do you know what I mean? And yet millions like, of people watch this all the yeah. time expecting you to get love out of it. Yeah. And people do, obviously, and, like and, she did. And I say not natural, you know, you wouldn't, at least I don't think in most, you you wouldn't go home to meet someone's family and, ha- you know, have a third party, someone setting up the, you know, setting up. Right. Conver- you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that isn't necessarily normal. There are, like you said, there's prompts. Yeah. But it is, for the most part pretty natural yeah which is i think why genuine connection does come out of the show yeah because you'll still have real conversations with the people and she and i had some amazing conversations and some really good connections um at different points of the show like just when it was her and i like thinking back to the very first one-on-one date there's a point where we're at this like dog party and it's supposed to be like this event and i just pull her to the side and lay her down in this little kiddie pool uh of like i don't even think there's anything in it but we had we each had a cocktail and we just laid down and I just like casually started talking with her and she and I just sat there and chatted until the producer's like, okay, you guys got to go do something. Like, please get up. <laughs> and that kept happening multiple times with her and I. We're like, yeah. we had to get broken up because we were just deep into conversation. And uh, you didn't need all the antics. Yep. Right? Yeah. So that's what really kept me engaged with her was those moments. But back to like Daisy, um, end of the night with the hometown date, they're like, Peter, we have the dog. Oh. It's out in the car. Go get it. Uh, so I lead Rachel out on the porch. I open up the door, tell her to close her eyes. We go out into the car. There's Daisy curled up like a little bunny oh, on the seat. My gosh. She just look, looks up at me. I'm like, oh, this is, this is my child. So I pick her up. I let her like lick Rachel's face because her eyes are closed and she screams <laughs> like in excitement yeah, yeah, yeah. and Daisy instantly starts crying and she's like freaking out and so I put her back inside and she immediately peed on the floor of my parents house I was like okay see you in like four weeks <laughs> and that was the end of that right too good Daisy please lay down uh, it's past her bedtime I think she's very tired come lay down lay down thank you uh, yeah so that's the story of Daisy and parts of the show. Uh, that kind of all started off with you asking what it was like after the show. Yeah. Um, after the show got weird. Well, now I want to bring up the... Yeah. This. Because that, I mean, that's post-show. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm holding in my hands is a contract to be The Bachelor. Yeah. And uh, did I date it? It's it's signed. It's August 30th, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Relationship. (sighs) My emergency contact is my mom. (laughs) Wild. Uh, Yeah. There was a a point in time where I did a, a podcast long after the show with, I think it was maybe Ben Higgins. Okay. Um, and Ashley, I, and uh, they asked if I had been asked to be the bachelor, and I said yes. Uh, and then I had said no, which initially I did. And they, uh, we had multiple conversations over a probably a month period, whatever it was. And I kept saying no for a few reasons. Um, I was terrified mm-hmm. more than anything else. I was scared shitless. I had seen two sides of life after being on the first show. 
and it was all the praise and mm -hmm. excitement and opportunity and also all the negativity, the hatred, the ugliness that yeah. came after it. Uh, the expectation of people, the treatment like I was something to be owned as opposed to appreciated as an individual. Mm -hmm. Like people thought they owned a part of me. Uh, people judged me for things that they didn't ever ask questions about. People threatened myself, my family. People said horrible things about my parents. Um, people would just show up at my work super creepily and just linger. Um, yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff. Uh, but then I also started chatting with a girl that I actually knew before the show. And she and I started kind of seeing each other. And I told this to the producers and like, you know, are, are you sure this is the one? I'm like, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, fast forward, turns out she was seeing someone else. So I was like, I should have never even thought twice about that. Um, but yeah, like there's just a lot of things in my mind for why it would not be a good idea. And then when they told me how much it was going to pay, I was like, I built a business from the ground up. I now make good money and you're going to pay me a fraction of that. Yeah. And I know that this is going to alter my life for an extended period of time. Yeah. If this goes south while I'm the bachelor and I turn out to be one of those people that everybody hates, you're done. Um, yeah. My life based on my career and what I chose to do is never going to be the same. Yeah. And it's going to be exponentially harder to ever make money again. And I'm making good money right now. It was never about the money, but they needed to know that you need to appreciate the people that you expect to put into really difficult positions. Mm -hmm. You need to pay me like you want me to be that way. Yeah. And it was never even like a negotiation on that. It was just like, this is what I believe it should be paid. And they agreed to that. They're like, okay, deal. They flew me all the way out to uh, Malibu, California, brought me over to, um, I, I don't want to use all the specific names, I guess, because who knows how this could come back. Um, but I sat in this high up person's house having a conversation with multiple producers and we just kind of talked about why was it that I was still saying no? And I told them the things that I would need about the show to benefit me. And you know, this is in a way my like young naive self being like, I need to have a therapist on staff more readily available. I need to have therapy with the top four women that I choose. I need continued therapy for myself and them after the fact. And I need protection for the person who doesn't get chosen because I've seen how they get destroyed yeah. by all those who watch the show. <laughs> and for the person who does get chosen because they set the person up in second place to be the bachelor bachelorette mm -hmm. and make them look so good by making the other person that gets chosen look bad. Yeah, Like Brian it was being ripped apart by people because he wasn't quote unquote me. Right? But they had set me up to be The Bachelor at right. that point, I'm sure. And he's a good dude. Like the, There was nothing that he yeah. did that was wrong. And yet people vilified him and ate him alive for it. And it made their relationship really tough. And I didn't want that for myself. So I'm yeah. like, that can't happen. You no. need to support us. Yeah. And uh, they agreed in mind to all these things. And then they also said, one guy just blurted out, we'll pay you this much. And like shot out the number. I was like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, that works too. All right. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. But then, you know, the conversations with the producers were always just good human interaction. Mm -hmm. it, it was good to see what a different part of life with other people was like. Like some of these guys had oodles and oodles of money and power, and I had neither. 
Mm-hmm. And to be able to sit in the same room and just have these conversations with them and have them see, I thought at least, why I wanted things to be slightly different uh, was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I ended up saying yes. And that was on like a Monday, I think. And uh, they're like, okay, we're going to fly you back home, get your shit, tell your family, be back here on Wednesday. Whoa. Yeah. Why is my ear turning so red? I don't know. It's I don't, so hot right t- now. I can't tell. Oh. It doesn't look... It's very hot. No. <laughs> I can feel like getting hotter. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I'm releasing all this shit. Yeah. Right now. So went back home, told my family. They're like, holy shit, I can't believe you're doing this. Are you sure you want to do this? It's like, I think I've got it in a place where I can feel comfortable with it. Um, the relationship that I had... Like, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. So she and I was like, okay, this is over. I'm going to go do this. Um, granted, we had been literally two dates. So I don't yeah. want people to think like, oh, you're like you're saying I love you and stuff this person. You're with them all the time. Like, no, we had been on like two dates talking every day. Yeah. Developing a relationship. But it was never anything deep. Um, flew out there. They put me up in a hotel. I'm like, all right, we're going to announce you um, at the final episode of Bachelor in Paradise which a, a bunch of my friends were like on at the time okay yeah and so I went and got in the trailer out back of the studio that that was being filmed at no contract was signed yet and they're like you ready I was like nah I still need a contract and they're like pressing my suit like steaming my suit and everything <laughs> and I'm like I still need a contract and then a call comes in and the producers come down like Peter we need to chat about something and they're like there's this gal uh, that came out of somewhere and said that when you were 19 you took advantage of her I'm like what? like yeah she's saying that you um, tried to like get with her basically when she said no you kicked her out of your car and I'm like, like I feel disgusting just saying this right now and like what are you talking about? Like, who is this person? Yeah. No clue. And the more I thought on it, the more I realized, because uh, they said her name, like, the more I realized, holy shit, yeah, um, I think I know what you're talking about. There's a girl from, like, that point in my life who hung out with us when we would go out, and I, like, drove her home one night. And I think she wanted a portion of the attention or the fame or whatever it was or like I had turned her down at a later date or whatever it was I don't know and saw her chance to make some waves yeah and attention and uh that shit was wild yeah like that had never happened to me before that's I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that listen to this and are not gonna believe yeah even that it's like false but just for that to come out I was like what the actual yeah. fuck like what's going yeah. on yeah they're like we have to put this on hold. We're not sure what to do with this right now if this were to, like, become a thing. Like, yeah, okay. Get home, back to the hotel that night after that, and I immediately go, like, through my phone trying to figure out who this person is because mm-hmm. I have, like, a general memory of this person. And uh, I think it was in my Facebook. There was, like, a request from this person to be my friend on Facebook. Okay. And I was like, well, if this person is so mad at me about something that I supposedly did to them, why are they requesting me on Facebook? Yeah. Like, it just threw me off. And that was just another glimpse into the ugliness of the 
like attention that I'd started to garner from all of it. Right. And even now, just like saying that, being the one in charge of the one or talking about it, I guarantee someone's going to be really upset about yeah. this. Yeah. And probably try and start something out of it. Yeah. Hopefully that nothing <laughs> like that happens. Fuck. Um, but that was just really shitty to deal with. It was like... Well, that is really shitty. <sighs> made me second guess it. Yeah. Again, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what could be of ahead. What could, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they put me in a hotel, and they're like, we're going to announce you on Ellen, I think it was, tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, the day goes by, nothing, still no contract signed. And then it's, we're going to announce you on Jimmy Fallon, and that kind of comes and goes. Still no contract signed. And I'm sitting in this hotel room the whole time just, like, questioning this whole thing. Like, is this the right idea? Yeah. Is this bad? Then on, like, Friday, I think it was, they're like, or maybe it's Thursday night now, um, whatever point in time it was, they're like, we're going to fly you out red-eye to Good Morning America and announce you first thing in the morning in New York. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we go to the airport, me and my producer. We're waiting in the terminal to get on the plane. The plane starts to board. I have the contract now given to me. I sign the contract. Here it is right now here. And as we're getting in line to board, she picks up her phone from a phone call and she then takes the call, hangs up and says, um, we're going to scrap it. We're going to go back to the hotel. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Okay. I'm like what is happening right now? Yeah. So go back to the hotel. Producers meet me back there and like, Peter, um, we're just going to hold off for the weekend. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend. Go home, be with your family. We'll reconvene on Tuesday now. And as they're getting ready to leave, like, do you want to do this? And I tell them straight up, like, I won't say the names of the producers in there, but there's the two of them in there at the time. And I said, honestly, no, I don't want to do this. But I feel like I would be stupid not to. I would miss out on a huge opportunity um, for something. And I, didn't th- I don't think I went that far into it, but it's just like, I-, I think it would be stupid not to do it. Like, okay, we'll talk after the weekend. Go home, at home over the weekend, um, and just sitting there again thinking by myself now in my apartment, just like, is this the right decision? And for whatever reason, I think I got just angry. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just do it. So I messaged the head of it all, basically. Text him. I was like, I'm ready. Let's do this and he texts me back we've decided to go a different direction and then the very next morning they announced Ari as the bachelor <laughs> I'm like <"Shit>, wow <laughs> alright I'm like that's that's that yeah like all the stars aligned for the right reasons yeah I think it would have dramatically changed my life and not for the better yeah um, where I'm at now with building the businesses and wishing that I had more income to do it after losing so much in the pandemic, it would have been nice to have that income from the show to get through this faster Mm -hmm. or to make it just more comfortable on doing it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I think it would have changed the entire dynamic of building my business and being known as the bachelor ever thereafter. Yep. And I'm really thankful I didn't. It would have given you a, a forever label. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, 
but then funny when the pandemic hit and my business got destroyed. I'm not gonna lie. I text the producers like, so uh, <laughs> y'all think about you that? need a bachelor? <laughs> He's like, no. It's like, all right, that's fair. You know use that money though. It's yeah. But that just goes to show when you are happy with where you're at, you don't need anything more. Yeah, exactly. Right. But when times are rough is when you become vulnerable to temptation. Yeah. And I think that's what I really took from that point. Or point. I'm so glad he obviously said no again. And I was like, thank that God was he your said no. Sign. Yeah, yeah, right? That like, was like the little reminder you needed. Like, yes. okay. Stop going back to the exes that hurt you. Yeah. Stop going back to the jobs that aren't good for you. Stop chasing money and like opportunities when you're poor uh, or broke, right? Um, I don't like the term poor. I like broke, but it feels poor at times. Because that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. Next thing you know, on the bachelor with all the negative side of it that came with, and not to yeah. say there hasn't been negative with all the shit that I've done ever since. Well, and like, totally I, different. Yeah, I think you, I mean, within recent years, with the way that show's trajectory has gone, I think you probably, hmm. I think that was a, a star aligned somewhere <laughs> for probably. you. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So that's uh, wow. that's where that all went. Very interesting. I'm still terrified about that story I just told with that girl. That shit's scary. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how much their simple words can affect someone's life. Like, I think you are correct in that. I don't think people realize how much their words have power, regardless what that yeah. word is. Right. Yeah. It's It's an important lesson that I think, unfortunately... Time and time again, there are other people that show us that lesson, but for whatever reason, for some people, they just got to figure it out themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> like, it totally is. Yeah, and you don't always learn until you until it's you. You get the fallout from yeah. the decision. Yeah, yeah, totally. I felt kind of good to talk about that whole thing. Good. It should. What did I miss? It's your. It's your truth. Well, so the reason why we brought up this contract was there was a point where Chris Harrison said I never was talked to about The Bachelor. Mm. And that pissed me off because I had the contract on it's my table right the here. Yeah. I'm looking at it. It's like, do I show this? <laughs> do I bring this up? Like, what kind of trouble can I get in by showing this? Like, I still won't show this. Yeah. Uh, but I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. They can just say it's... I can just say it's fake. Like, yeah. if they want to do it, whatever. But... I was so afraid of the conglomerate that is in charge of the show because mm-hmm. there's so many levels above the show itself, right? Yeah. It's now Disney's in charge of this shit. Yeah. That's huge. And yeah. they got massive lawyers with a ton of capabilities yeah. and a lot of... Well, hey, Disney, them. how are you? We've got two people <laughs> over here that would love some Disney attention, so give it to us. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, oh, I, I think the... I mean, I think what happened with that situation in and of itself proves, like... You had a signed contract in front of you. Yeah. And still people have told me I was lying. Yeah. I've messed up. So it's like, you know. And you know what's so funny about all of it? We're all just out here living our truth. Yeah. None of it actually matters. Yeah. Like whether they tell me I'm lying or not, whether it happened or not, whether anything. Why do we care? Well, that's a funny, interesting point that you bring up because I think 
I think that is something that can relate to, I would hope everyone that like we, and I think that's something that I've been trying to unlearn recently and really live by is, you know, who cares if the only, if the only person that knows, you know, the truth of a situation is you, if you're happy and if you, you know, who cares what, like the, who cares what anyone else thinks sounds so like cliche, but it's so true. Like, well, it comes back to like easier said than done, right? 100%. But why, and I almost want to unpack it with why do we feel the need to get that validation? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, because this is a great topic that I want to talk about in future podcasts, which is psychology and sociology and all yeah. that. We've been evolving for millions of years as these beings that we are now in small groups. Mm-hmm. And then the small groups suddenly rapidly merged, right? Yeah. yeah, they merged and then grew. And next thing you know, we're connected in every way, shape, or form. Every single way. But we're meant for millions of years to understand our closest neighbors and relatives so that way we can help and protect each other. We can raise children together. We can uh, do hunting parties together. Yeah. We can make sure that those who are injured or old are not left behind. Like We yeah. need to be in constant communication with each other and take everybody's thoughts and feelings and opinions into consideration yeah. because we work together as a unit. Now so that unit is 8 billion people connected, yeah. basically. Not literally, because not everybody has that connection, but the vast majority. Yeah. And so, like, our instincts are like, just understand me. Yeah. Just let me be a part of this. Yeah. Let me be understood. But the reality is that's never going to happen. Right. And we talk about, like, potential topics for conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is um, just kind of that. Like, do we know what is happening to us right now with the increase in technology and the effects that's going to have long term on society, mm-hmm. like it's a huge drop into a small bucket. Yeah, and the ripple effects are huge. Yeah, and I think we're experiencing that right now, where it's really hard to just say, just stop caring what other people think. Yeah, you have to be a very, very strong person to truly believe that. Yeah, and I think the only way I ever got to a point where I could start to feel a little bit more comfortable with people hating me was hitting those deepest uh, or deepest of like depths and being verbally assaulted by so many and like potentially ruined by like these people that come in like I just talked about one that could have destroyed my life and be like the the isolation and loneliness that you feel when that happens but it didn't kill me Mm mm-hmm and those who love me still love me. Yep. And those who are near me are still near. It really puts into perspective those things that are... Yeah. Trivial. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things on a daily basis that are so trivial. Mm-hmm. And that's okay yeah. to get upset about them. In time, I hope that we can become less and less upset about the small stuff and appreciate the overall greatness that is our life. Yeah. Um, harder said than done. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's really great to encourage and encourage and encourage that people try to do this. But now we have to find ways to help the majority to do it. Yeah. Um, the easy answer is go to therapy, <laughs> right? But not everybody has access to therapy. Yeah. Not everybody 
feels like they belong in therapy. Not everybody feels like they can afford therapy. Um, not everybody can afford therapy. Yeah. Not everybody has just even the knowledge that exists. Right. I don't know, maybe. Um, but we, we have to offer more tools, I think, as a society yeah. for everybody to start loving themselves more. I agree. So we can start loving each other more. I agree. Right? It starts with the if self. If we're going to provide the... the you know the connection we need to provide the resources the resource. absolutely yeah well said sir amazing good stuff 